you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, and Brian Reeves. Hey. What's up? All right. Let's see what we got going today. It's almost Daytona time. We got the clash going tonight. Uh, been watching practice all day. What do you guys think? Uh, you guys geared up? Oh, yeah. I've been playing around all day, trying to get ready for it. Super excited. Yeah, you and I ran some yesterday. I, I had a win in a hosted session. And then we ran. I ran another one, what, got 10th or something. Yep, yep. That was a good race, man. And had a lot going on in that one. You know, I think it was a good uh, test for our set, you know, and um, I'm happy with it, really. I, I, I No changes, you know, uh, unless you could make it faster. But uh, I also had a challenge with tape. Uh, it seemed like I was constantly hot, no matter where we put the tape. I think at the end we had it way down, like 46, and it was still getting really hot. Well, once it gets up, it's hard to get down. So you got to start off lower tape and then put on from there. Just add to it? Yep, because once it gets hot, it's just harder to cool it down than it is, you know, to heat up, a, you know, the car. Where do you want to start it? Oh, I don't know. It don't matter to me. It's Daytona. Get foot to the floor and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, I think we're as ready as we're going to be, so... Should be fun. Uh, all right, let's jump into topics. Uh, we don't have a lot this time. Might be a short show, but we are going to switch to a new recording schedule uh, starting next week. Basically, we picked uh, Tuesday late afternoon, early evening as a recording spot so we can basically review the previous week's NIS race uh, as well as talk about the upcoming week as well because that is a dark day on the nis schedule so uh, that's going to be the day we do it so we'll have a couple of episodes here coming out one right after another but uh it'll be fun i'm excited for it me too i can't wait to get this season started yep so uh first is an update on mark bratcher and we talked about on a previous episode he had a fire in his house and it burned everything up, and he lost everything he owns. And uh, he basically is, you know, rebuilding. He got a pretty good uh, GoFundMe going. And apparently uh, Michael Main from Main Performance PC has uh, donated some equipment uh, to Mark to get him back going on sim racing. Wonderful to hear, man. I love it when the community comes together to help everybody out like that. Yeah. And some other uh, uh, notes here was uh, Mark from HPP Pedals has agreed to offer a, a discount uh, to Mr. Bratcher on pedals if he's able to buy them and, and so forth. So, uh, yep, certainly was... Uh, traumatic trying to see that picture of his uh, cockpit all burned up uh everything melted 
It looks like the monitor's literally melted into liquid. They're like completely gone. So hope uh, Mark's able to join us uh, soon. All right, next up, uh, Commodore's Garage had a couple of uh, new articles, 19 and 20. Hey, and 19 is crossweight, and again, it's just teaching you how to set up a car and what, you know, crossweight is and how to adjust it and why you would adjust it. And um, this is a little over my head, I'll admit it. It's uh, definitely over my head. I've been going through and reading them. I think I'm up to episode 7 or issue 7 now, and it's it's definitely over my head, but it's definitely a good read. Yeah, absolutely. So check that out if you're interested. Good reading material. So uh, that's Commodore's Garage. Uh, next up, uh, our buddy John Hammer. Um, him and his team and other teams have banded together to create a new Facebook uh, page. It's uh, the NASCAR iRacing Series page. And uh, they've put together a promotional video that they've uh, shared on the Facebook page to everybody to use if you're like a streamer. It's like an intro video. And so uh, everyone's welcome to go get that video and use it, you know, and how you see fit. I need to get back to Busa on that if he wants my help or not. Yeah, Matt Busa and his team uh, are involved in this uh, Facebook group, as well as John Hammer and his team. Uh, they put up some cool stuff, like they put up the events uh, in Facebook where you can be reminded of when the race is. And uh, and, and another thing that uh, John's going to do is uh, they're posting a basically a practice race on uh, Tuesdays at 19.30 Eastern. Two hours hosted, Gen 6, open chassis, broadcasted. Uh, room will be default weather, 0% track state, and open setups. And so that'll be ongoing throughout the season. Uh, they're going to run a broadcasted uh, hosted race on Tuesdays uh, for practice. So. So, Carlos, you said you were you were good by helping us somehow, and well, that was the plan. I don't know what's going on with that. Okay. Yep, and um, NX Racing and Gale Force Racing are the ones uh, the teams working on this. So, yeah, check it out on Facebook. It's called the NASCAR iRacing Series. Uh, next up, along those lines, um, people have been posting up their peak uh, paint jobs in the forums and on Facebook, all those peak drivers. Uh, pretty, some pretty good paint jobs. You guys see some of those? I have not. Yeah, they got, uh, you know, and obviously rolling out new sponsorship, you know, before Daytona and for a lot of these people, too. 
they look cool. I'm looking at them right now, man. These these guys can do some amazing paintwork. Or they get some of the best people to do the amazing paintwork, actually. Yeah, well, either way, props to the painters. These are amazing. Yeah, speaking of that, what are you guys running for your paint job this season? I got a, a new one I'm running. Uh, David Thompson Jr. painted up uh, a copy of car, something you put together, Carlos, uh, for the Toyota. It's the iRacers Lounge uh, Toyota Camry. I, I'm really happy with it. It's like a blue carbon fiber look with white trim. And uh, I ran, I've been running it the last couple of days, and I, I'm liking it. It looks pretty sharp. Yeah, David made me a really nice uh, bright orange and blue that I'm going to run on the super speedways. It's going to be really, really nice, really bright. You're definitely going to see me. Yeah, I'm just going to use the iRacers Lounge for uh, Daytona. I think that's it. You got another one for the other races? No, but I'll get it by then. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm not sure what the rest of our team is running. Okay, uh, next up, saw some more dirt out in the wild. Uh, Ron Caps, who's an NHRA driver, actually uh, twittered out a picture of him on dirt at his house, uh, on the computer, obviously, on iRacing, uh, testing out the beta version of uh, New Dirt Late Model at the Fast Williams Grove track. And... Uh, the picture's kind of blurry, but it's still, when you see the dirt track, it looks so real. Yeah, this looks really, really good. The, the detail in the dirt itself, the reflections off it, all are completely different from the, gro the grooves to the ruts to the slick stuff. It looks really good. Yep. Shiny, it's shiny in spots, you know. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the feel is traction wise as you roll over it. You know, are you going to, is that going to translate to your hand somehow through force feedback? That's what I'm curious about. It's, it's going to be something when they release it, the feel that you get, you know, the, as the rear end slips and going over all the ruts, it's going to be something. Right. All right. Next up, we got a iRacing driver, Kay Fuller, <clears throat> is starting a newsletter. He's going to distribute on a weekly basis. Uh, it's called the Sim Racing Update. <clears throat> so he put it on the forums. And I checked this out, and it's kind of cool. It covers uh, all of sim racing, not just iRacing. He covers other sims like Project Cars and a set of Corso. He's got some other stuff about the Fanatec, uh, Fanatec new hardware coming. Uh, but basically, it's a nice collection of links and videos and stuff if you're interested in keeping up with the news cycle. Uh, so kudos to Fuller there. Good job. I'll be keeping an eye on that, I think. Of 
because I really don't know a lot about the other Sims. I don't like to try to keep up to date because Carlos knows so much about all those other things, and I don't know what he's talking about half the time. Yeah, I've dabbled in them, but not enough to really know enough about either, each individual. Oh, I spent the whole week on a set of course, huh? I was wondering where you were. Oh, just because it was a new update. Tried that out and tried to put something together for video, but I never got to it. Too busy racing? All that and puking my guts out the other day. Wow. Yeah, everyone's been sick. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Everyone's getting something. Everyone around here got sick. It's everywhere. Everybody around here is sick as well. All right, next up. Uh, iRacer James Payne the third writes in the forums, he's been having trouble with uh, frames dropping and stutters and freezing and, and that kind of stuff. And he's been experimenting. He wanted to share what he found. And basically he says he ended up turning off, off something called Superfetch. And man, it made a big difference, he said. It's now butter smooth with no hesitations, no micro stutters, no FPS drops, and the page meter is much less active. Hope this helps somebody. It has transformed my system. So I wasn't sure I had heard of this before. Um, so I went and Googled up Superfetch. Uh, Superfetch is a part of Windows Memory Manager. A less capable version called Prefetcher is included in Windows XP. Superfetch tries to make sure often access data can be read from the fast RAM instead of the slow hard drive. And so it's some kind of Windows process or service that moves files from the hard drive to RAM based on it thinks you're going to use them or something like that. So have you guys ever heard of this or I wonder if it's worth trying. I have not at all. He said he turned it off? Yeah, it's a service, so you'd go to Windows Services and then right-click Stop, yeah, basically. Yeah, I have to do some research on that. Yeah, if anyone's having trouble, you might look into that. I don't know if... I haven't heard of anyone else trying it besides this guy, so... Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, next up, got some real race car drivers out there using iRacing to get ready for the season. Uh, Andrew, Andretti Autosport, who's a big uh, four-car team in IndyCar, uh, basically tweeted out uh, they got their Indy Lights driver, Dalton Kennett, uh, in the rig, getting some seat time, uh, getting ready for their uh, up, upcoming homestead test. And so, you got bona fide IndyCar teams using iRacing to prep their drivers. Um, it's really become a tool, you know, in the real, uh, you know, race car arena. What would be the closest thing to an Indy Light? 
I'm guessing a low down four star Mazda. That's a good question. What car was he running, huh? Yeah. You could tweak the setup, Carlos, you think, to make it feel like an Indy Lights car? That's what I'm guessing. You know, take a star Mazda, take all the downforce out of it. Right. That's really the closest thing. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and then a Kyle Larson, uh, Monster Cup energy driver, Kyle Larson, uh, he tweeted out a picture of Shane Stewart uh, doing some racing with the Oculus Rift. Uh, some dirt racing, it looks like. So Kyle's also one of those uh, real race car drivers, I think, that's got access to dirt. But uh, Shane Stewart, he's a sprint car driver uh, for Larson Marks uh, Racing. And so he was there with uh, Kyle Larson, obviously, doing some iRacing, getting ready for the season. So pretty cool. FOV is really bothering me on that. That dirt deal. Right. The FOV from the Oculus. Oh, that's right. He has an Oculus. Oh, okay, I see it. Yeah, he has a screen. The picture shows a screen with the yeah, eye racing yeah, on you. it. But yeah, he's got goggles too. I didn't see any goggles. It blended in with the screen. Okay, we're good. And then uh, there was another uh, tweet. Ty Majeski. Uh, testing on a portable iRacing setup. He's basically on a laptop with a G27. And he's doing some dirt uh, racing too. So. So, yep, a lot of people, uh, that dirt is definitely out there. I know it's coming. They wouldn't let it out in the wild like that if it wasn't, you know. All right, next up is a new rule has gone into effect immediately and has been added to the next sporting code update. This is a post by Nim Cross. And he basically says drivers are not allowed to approach the start finish line as a race transitions from pacing, for example, under yellow flag or at the start of the race to speeds that are well beyond the pacing speed or speed of the leaders in an attempt to time the green starting flag to unfairly overtake other cars. An example of this is coming up from behind and catching a pack of cars pacing at 80 under yellow. When you're going 150 as you cross the star finish line. So this is that. This always has happened to people at Daytona where you got that one guy who it's one to go and he's pulled out of pit road and he's coming full steam and he doesn't slow down as we're taking the green and he just blows by. And that's the reason why I stay next to the wall. Because they can only pass to the yeah. right, right? Or yeah, yeah, that's right. Really hold their I never used to do that, but you see that in the IndyCar series here on iRacing, you always see everyone 
hug that outside line next to the wall because they don't want people doing that. Well, but you get some people who don't care, just stay in it anyway, and there goes half the field. Well, it's officially illegal now. Yeah, like this little change they made, that's a good thing. Yeah, so you can be protested for it. It's not like the Sims going to stop you from doing it. But if somebody protests you, they're going to win the protest. Uh, he also says, the best way to know you are okay to pass on a start or restart is to be at or below the speed of the leader when the leader starts the race or the green flag comes out. So as long as you're the... So it's, it's saying you can still pass to the right, but when the green comes out, you better be the same speed or slower as that leader. Or at least but not a, a ridiculous amount over. Right. But if you've, you, if you've like laid back and you've got to run, like you step on it right before everybody else goes and you get a run and you fly around the right, that's actually illegal now. Yeah, I've done that before on accident, but I have done it. I think everybody's done that at some point. Yeah. I mean, especially like if you're at the very back back. Yeah, but at least now then there was no consequences. But maybe this or, will hopefully tone that down. Maybe if you're at the back back and there's like, damaged cars in front of you that you know are going to be yeah. slow, so you're going to blow by them. But <laughs> with this new rule, I think you have to be real cautious because, you know, people could still protest you if you are, yeah. you know, going faster than a leader at that moment to the green comes. I see, what, one time I did this was at uh, Vegas. And uh, let's see, the green was coming on. People sped up. You, you know how they do. They think they're going to go, but they're really not. Well, that little issue either it's run into the back of the guys in front of me or go to the outside and pass 10 cars. I chose the second choice and that's what actually got me a really good finish with a lot of people that were pissed, but what do you do? You know, run in the back of them, but again, it comes down to the people playing games on restarts. Right. I don't know. I think this role's going to be a better, better for all racing. Yep. So... New rules. Uh, let's see what else. We're down to the final topic, and that's really about real NASCAR. You know, I thought we would talk about this just a little bit. All these changes. I mean, they got the segment rules and championship points if you win the first or second segment, and five if you win the third, and... Now you don't, you can't get repairs that last more than five minutes or you're done for the day. There's so many different things NASCAR has added here in the, in the preseason. What do you guys think about that? And what do you think should we try to carry over into iRacing? Cause you know, we are trying to simulate what they're doing. So I think this None is a it. good discussion. None of that. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know about the damage deal since we can't really simulate the realistic, you know, Damage, which I don't really agree with that anyway, because there were some cars that would get damaged. They could replace front and come back out and still be competitive. Now, oh, you're done. You put, you went behind the wall. You're out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think. What they can take from this to translate to us. Well, 
damage model. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, right now we can sit up to 30 minutes, you know, for an engine replacement. Uh, you know, maybe that needs to go away because we don't do that in real NASCAR anymore. I mean, we have until till this week, you know. Actually, that I wouldn't mind with, though. If an engine blows you out, that'd be cool because that way you don't have people that are hundreds of laps down racing. We have cars. You know, personally, the more I think about it, you know, I think we should follow that rule. I mean, it should be easy enough for iRacing to implement, too. Yep. If the optional or required repairs are over five minutes long, you're done. I don't know about that. I took a seven-minute uh, optional and brought it still to a top five. Yeah, but see, that's NASCAR's rule, though. If, if you can't get it done within a five-minute clock on pit road, you're you're done for the day. And then there goes the fun. It just becomes more of a chess game of how much do you repair when and at what stop throughout the race. It just changes it a little bit. It's still, it, it's just going to, it's going to bring a little more of the, well, which is mo most important to fix first and hope the next yellow is short or the next green run short. Well, I think it's going to, yeah, you're right. Strategy-wise, especially at tracks where track position is king, okay? Let's pretend it's one of those tracks where track position is so important, like New Hampshire or something. So what if I, you know, right before the first segment is over, maybe I pit prematurely so I can stay out during that first segment so i am got track position for the second segment. You know, I might sacrifice my first segment so it's set myself up for the second segment. So you have calls like that you can make. I don't know, I say before we even go into this kind of deal, give us a green-white checker or something. Yeah, we still don't have the green-white checker, and then they've started that years ago. Yeah, this might be a while then until we even have to deal with these kind of rules. And who knows, now, they I, might be abolished. I've been around long enough to remember that when they didn't have the lucky dog... And then they added it. Oh, you should have been around when the Legends were the rookie car. Yep. Talk about intense. Yep, so we'll have to see uh, how this shakes out with NASCAR. It's going to be interesting as they go to Atlanta and Phoenix, you know, how the strategy plays out. Yeah, I just don't know how you could translate the whole segment thing into iRacing because we don't have the same rewards that they do. You know, they're they're racing for championship points. So maybe if they redid our point structure in a way, the NIS point structure to somehow kind of match it, that would be the only way it would work. It's like if you knew you were getting points towards the playoffs, Every, you know, you run Atlanta, Phoenix, or Daytona, and you win one of those segments, you're getting a point towards the playoffs that are happening, you know, in the fall. I don't know. That worries me on high racing. People are going to drive way over their heads. Real world, though, might work. I don't know. Real world, I'm afraid somebody's going to run away with it. 
somebody at the end uh, in the middle of the playoffs somebody will be a clear-cut favorite and have a bunch of points over somebody everybody else is what i think will happen or you can just have an ill-timed caution on the last race and there you go new champion in other words it don't matter yeah that's the way i see it yeah and I think the biggest uh, conspiracy story is what happens at Homestead when all four of them wreck out in the same wreck and they can't get back on track oh, because yeah. of the five-minute rule. Whoever, I guess, went to the garage last is the winner. So there's always these unintended consequences, you know, when you make changes like this and, you know, trying to think through what those might be. Now I kind of want to see that happen. I see them all wreck on the last uh, race. Well, look at the last homestead, how, you know, down towards the end, Joey and, and Carl Edwards take each other out, you know. That's two of them. It could have easily have been all four of them. Oh, yeah. For what, a guy who had a tire and made it to be road? And, and, and think about that. Just think, of if, what if it was just Carl and, and uh, Joey? They both wreck out in the same wreck. And if they were the only two running for it, who would, who would win it, you know? I don't know. Make it a make it a race between the tow truck drivers. <laughs> kind of re reminds me Ricky Bobby running across the the line. Didn't Carl Edwards did do that, didn't he at Talladega? Yeah, he did that just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then. Uh, it's not listed here, but let's talk about one other real-world topic. Carl Edwards, while we're talking about him, the recently retired Carl Edwards, uh, Bob Margolis is a NASCAR reporter, and he put out a story this week that basically said, you know, through his sources, the real story with Carl Edwards is... Uh, the Mexican uh, driver's dad basically is paying Carl $15 million to sit out so the Mexican driver can have a ride. Does he even have that kind of money? According to the story, he does. He owns the NASCAR television rights to, in Mexico and something like that. But uh, And then the rumor also was that he bought into Joe Gibbs Racing and actually purchased part or most or all of the race team from Joe Gibbs. And then the third part of the story is that Carl's coming back in 2018 going to Penske as a third car. As what, the 12? <laughs> Probably, yeah. The old Jeremy Mayfield number. But, uh, uh, since the article came out, Penske Racing has denied it. Carl Edwards has denied it. Uh, but Bob Margolis stands with the story, and he's not one to really put out fake news. So um, It's interesting to see how this is going to shake out. I think we've talked about this before with Carl Edwards. I don't think anyone really believes his, you know, the reasoning he stated to the general public about why he left you know, one of the best seats in NASCAR. So...
We're watching, and uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Carl Edwards. But All right, with that being said, uh, like I said, it'll be a quick episode today. We're going to do another one early next week. We're going to be on Tuesday nights, which probably means we'll distribute on Wednesday during the day. So I'll be watching for that change. Uh, if you want to be a guest on iRacers Lounge, just hit us up. On Facebook at iRacers Lounge. Defosi Racing is also on iRacers Lounge. You can find us there. And uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.